Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's Man on the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, my name is Chris. With me, I have Emma. Hi. And I have Mark. Who's uh, fashionably late on this week. Uh, we will talk about the Football League uh, Cup, which is, or the League Cup, which has been dominating the headlines this week. We have penalty shootouts, we have uh, Newcastle scraping wins and other such things. Uh, we have some news regarding Luis Suarez and Asimo Jayan and the this weekend's Premier League fixtures coming up. So first of all, should we start over Liverpool? Well, it seems probably is um, the most sort of eye-catching one of the week, wasn't it? Who saw this one? I've seen the penalties. Yeah, I've seen some of the some of the penalties. Right, well, I saw it through to the bitter end, and I really didn't care who won by the very very end. <laughs> You just wanted it to be yeah. over. <laughs> God, it was awful. I mean, it's symbolic of Liverpool's season, to be honest with you. Um, struggling to break down a weaker side, or supposedly a weaker side. Uh, struggling to break down a, a, a smaller side. And then you just knew something like the Colo Torre penalty was going to happen, which to be fair wasn't his fault. It was Sterling's fault that made the mistake, and Torre couldn't really do a whole lot else. But it was kind of indicative of the season. Rogers himself has come out and said that Liverpool are in a pretty bad place at the moment. And he's blamed the fact that there's lots and lots of signings that have come in, which you kind of think, well, you made them. Mm. Um, yeah. He's saying that last season, they've had 18 months or so to gel and play a particular way with pressing from Suarez upwards. Uh, and now they don't have it. Mario Balotelli isn't the best of pressers and uh, pressurers of defenders. So we get things like what we happened on Tuesday. It was good fun for a start, the penalty shootout. But I really, I, after Sterling scored, Sterling had the chance to score the decisive penalty and missed, and you kind of thought, this is it, it's just going to go on and on and on. And there were, I think there was 29 penalties in all, and there were 20 penalties in a row scored. But they were pretty good penalties, to be fair. I just think it's one of those things, isn't it? It's exciting for the first few, and then after that, you just get a bit. Yeah. When will it end? It was a bit, it was sort of 20 to 11, which for an old person like me was getting a little bit late and a little bit old and thinking I've got to be up for work in a bit. So I really didn't mind who scored. It's interesting. I don't know if it's ever been, um, anybody's ever looked into it, but I know Liverpool had probably a, um, a weakened team out. But it, it's a surprise. Everyone says it's always um, a lot, penalty shootout is a lottery, not necessarily the best team win. But actually, it seems to me that the favourites or the supposed better team win the penalty shootout a hell of a lot of times over the the, the underdogs. Sockonomics, the rather good book, there's a whole piece on this. Uh, pen- yeah, yeah, it's a really fascinating piece on penalty shootouts. The last thing they are is a lottery. Um, there was a yeah. documentary once about them, but just after the 98 World Cup, where we lost, obviously, on penalties. And Shearer basically came out and said the whole thing was a lottery and... Various sports psychologists came on and said it wasn't, and Shearer said, well, I'd like to see a sports psychologist take a penalty, which is a 
a fair enough point, but there's got to be a science behind the whole thing. And generally there is, isn't there? I think it's something like 60% of penalty shootouts are won by something like the team going first, and there's all this sorts of um, um, kidology involved, game theory as well involved with taking penalties. They're by no means a lottery. No, and I just think the, the, the mentality of the better teams and the technique of the better teams seems to win out plenty of times. It's not often that you see, for example, the other night, Middlesbrough actually winning that. Okay, Liverpool again had a, a weaker team out, supposedly, but the, the favourites still came through. So, you know, that is a little bit of a misnomer to say that it's a lottery. Yeah, I don't think that. I mean, you remember the World Cup with um, Holland and Costa Rica? Did you mm-hmm. think for a moment that Costa Rica would win that penalty shootout? Absolutely not. No. They've got the Holland have got the better players. You need more used to high pressure situations, haven't they? They play week in, week out in in the goldfish bowl of Serie A or the Premier League and they're just more used to things like this. Uh, and Liverpool have won a couple of cups in the last ten or fifteen years in penalty shootouts against one was against West Ham, wasn't it? And the other one was against Cardiff or Birmingham. You're missing a, or there's or, another one. Or, or maybe both. You you're missing the other one. Well, they were the underdogs on that occasion, weren't they? But I'm, I'm Istanbul. That's the one I'm talking about. They were the underdogs. Oh right, sorry, I see your point. Can we have a podcast about yeah, Istanbul? But... We could do that, couldn't we? <laughs> I'm away for that one. <laughs> yeah, I think we might have Pro- that one. Pro- probably in Istanbul. <laughs> it's going to be an hour-long monologue. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry, I interrupted your point. You were going to make. Yeah, no. Anyway, what I was saying was Liverpool did that in three separate cup finals where they were playing teams of a, you know, of a lesser stature. Um, who just crumbled in the penalty shootout, didn't they? By either psychologically or their technique was affected by the whole, the whole thing. So, you know, again, even even if it went to twenty odd, nearly thirty penalties, it was still on the cards that Liverpool were going to win. It wasn't, it wasn't a fifty fifty toss up. Yeah. If you look at stats, probably. I mean, Liverpool are a little bit of a misnomer because, like you say, the Milan were um, Liverpool were the underdogs in the final against Milan. Two years later, they won a penalty shootout as well, didn't they, against Chelsea in the semi final. So maybe that, but I mean, do you remember Euro '96 against the Germans? I'm sure you do. Emma, I'm probably guessing you don't. <laughs> yeah, I remember. It. I remember watching the game. Did you? When it went to penalties, do you think for a moment we're going to win this? No, even though we were the better team for probably throughout the competition, yeah. but you still thought we were going to lose. Yeah, I think you're right. Memorable penalty shootouts. So you got favourite? Mm. Or not favourite? Because we tend to lose them as a country. But any that stick out. Related to England or just in, in general? general? I'd have to think about that. What one. you, Emma? My most memorable would be the first game I went to at uh, Bristol Rovers. They played Palace in the League Cup, and it went all the way to penalties. And that was my and it absolutely poured of rain. <laughs> I got absolutely soaking wet. And that's probably probably sticks in my mind most because it's my first like live in the in the memorial in the memorial ground as well. Yeah. Did you win? That probably is the one. Yes, they oh, did. Good. What you Mark? <laughs> you thought of one yet? Um, I think uh, France were involved in a couple in the eighties in different World Cups. Once against West Germany and once against Brazil, but they they weren't necessarily memorable for the penalty shootouts, but were memorable for the games that came before. Yeah. Them. And obviously the, the Harold Schumacher one in the eighty two. Uh, finals and semi-final and the uh, one in 86 when they played Brazil was another classic game and it was a penalty shootout in terms of where I've actually been uh, to a game 
um, I'd probably say the Man United Everton FA Cup semi final from a few years ago. Well, that's a good call. When when Everton upset the odds and got through. That's a good call. It's always good to see a keeper take a penalty, isn't it? Um, well, you kind of know what they're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> they're just going to take a goal kick somewhere towards a corner of a net. That's basically their technique. I think Inglaise was all right, actually. He sort of tucked his into the corner. Yeah, it's not a bad technique. Just blast it as hard as you can. Just make sure you keep it low enough under the bar. I never understand a penalty shootout. It's why no player just sort of smacks it high down the middle. Because the keeper's always going to dive one way or the other. Yeah. Having said that, I've taken penalties in penalty shootouts. I've taken two, and I've missed both of them. So, Either you're a weak, you've got weak technique or, or a weak psychology, one or two. Well, or both. Probably, well, the second one... Um, I was I've always played in defence. I've always played in defence or I played in goal. And the, it came to the shootout and they said, who wants to take one? And all the strikers and midfielders sort of stared at their feet. And I thought, well, sorry, I'll take one. There. And I took the first one and I tried to stick it in the top corner and I went smack straight over the bar like Chris Waddle. And I was the only one that missed out of both teams. I felt rotten for about a week afterwards. Well, at least no one was, you know, burning your effigy in the streets or anything. So. No, they weren't. That's true. And you didn't get a, you didn't get a, an advertising contract with Pizza Hut out of it? No. No, I got a pint out of it. That was as good as it got. Um, other games that went on there, we got Chelsea. They uh, they beat Bolton two one. So I mean, they Kurt Zuma and Oscar scored. They didn't sort of steamroll it through. They got Shrewsbury in the next round, um, who did pretty well. Crystal Palace two, Newcastle three was another result that stood out. Newcastle had ten men. Paul Dummett scored an extra time winner. Uh, Alan Pardew safe for a bit longer. Be there for a lot longer. Yeah. Yeah, he's almost guaranteed to see out that eight-year contract because he's. We said this. Well, we said we said it last week, and we've probably said it many weeks. He's absolutely perfect for Mike Ashley. Mm. Yeah, so he's uh, he's cemented his position there. Tottenham three, Forest one. Forest at the lead. Anybody see the tribute by the Forest fans for Rem Brian Clough? They all no. they all the green the green, the green jerseys. Yeah, <laughs> looked quite good, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah. I can't remember, did they all have the red polo shirts as well? Just to keep it real. I don't think they went that far, <laughs> did they? Uh, I don't think they did. It would have been rather good if they did. Um, Man City 7, Sheffield Wednesday nil. Now, Laura uh, is a Sheffield Wednesday fan, and she's just tweeted me to say, we were unlucky. Because it was nil nil at half-time, wasn't it? Proverbial game of two halves. It was indeed. Lampard scored two. Presumably he celebrated these. And Yaya Torre scored, much maligned. Give that man a cake. Yeah. <laughs> He's earned it. It's good to see him back, though, isn't it? If he, is, if he is back amongst the goals and everything. He's looked very lead-footed so far this season, but then he, he, even when he's playing at his best, he often looks lead-footed. Yeah. Actually, going back to the Liverpool penalty shootout, the only time I got a little bit nervous was when I saw Colo Torre pop up. I remember Colo Torre taking two penalties for... Um, Ivory Coast in shootouts, and he's missed both of them. And one was in the African Nations Cup final, I think it was. So I got that was the only time I really got a little bit nervous when I saw him pop up. So that's about as much as you've got in common with a professional footballer, then, is it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we both missed penalties. Well, no, I'm overweight, like I'm sure so, so some of them are. West Brom 3, full 2. Hull, full 2. Hull 2. Berhino and McCauley scored two goals in the last four minutes for West Brom, so they sneaked through at the last minute. That was pretty good. And did anybody see Arsenal-Southampton? Two cracking goals in this. No, no, no missed that. Very happy friends. Yes, I'm sure. Did you see the goals? 
No, I didn't yeah. see them. But actually, something about this game that did make me mm-hmm. laugh. The um, tickets were only £10 for it at the Emirates. Were they? Which one of my, yeah, one of my Saints friends was really happy about because um, she'd never been to the Emirates. No, she had been to the Emirates once and said it was such a nice ground and they couldn't pass up going for £10. And then she's come with me to see Eastley versus Bristol Rovers and I'm getting £12 off her for that game. That's <laughs> <laughs> Egan Yang, isn't it? Oh, she wasn't very happy when she told when I told her the price. No, Arsenal to Eastley. That's mm. a change. I'm paying two pound more for the privilege. <laughs> well, yeah, um, they were cracking goals. They were they were worth the entrance fee alone. Uh, Arsenal's was um, Alexis Sanchez with a rather tasty free kick, and Southampton's was Nathaniel Klein's. I mean, it's a thumpsis from about thirty-five, forty yards out into the top corner. I know it was a pretty sort of makeshift Arsenal defence, but. It was um, it was some goal that he hit, and they're on about the, for the England squad, aren't they? Interesting one. Not sure. Not sure on that one yet. I'm not. You can imagine he's in the Euros in two years' time, and um, Frank Ribery coming up against Nathaniel Klein. Well, not Ribery. Well, Ribery is <laughs> retired now, isn't he? That's the Iron Robin coming up against Nathaniel Klein. That's not going to be um, all that scary. No, I wouldn't have thought no. so. Arsenal a bit funny, aren't they? They've won this season against. Villa, who had that book, didn't they? They won a bit iffily against Besiktas, and they won against Palace, which was the day after um, Neil Warnock resigned. Uh, not Neil Warnock, um, Tony Pulis resigned. They've not been convincing particularly, have they? No, they, they, they weren't great against Everton, except for the last 20 minutes or something when Everton tired either. Mm. Um, but again, I think, again, we mentioned this last week, there's a lot of the, the, the bigger teams who had a lot of players missing, at, well, not missing, but playing in the World Cup. Therefore, they've all come back, you know, four to six weeks later than they normally would. So we're adding some new signings along the way as well, and you're not seeing the best of a lot of the top teams at the minute. Yeah. You know, Chelsea, Chelsea have had a good start with a couple of sort of iffy performances along the way as well. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's going to be another month or two before you see Chelsea a couple of iffy you know, performances. Big clubs. Well, they weren't great against Schalke, were they? No. No. Um, Pretty good against... The only... No, I was going to say, I thought you were a bit bit cruel on them there. No, they've played played really well. There's a couple of games where they haven't done so well. You know, okay, they're top of the league, but they haven't swept all before them in every single game they've played. You know, they only just got past um, Bolton, was it, this week? Yeah, and they, they drew with Schalke in the Champions League. Um, okay, they beat Everton six three in that game, but they looked rubbish. They were terrible at the back. So there's, you know, they're, they're not absolutely um, strolling away with the league yet. No, I suppose not. I suppose the results are probably belie the performance then. Just in one or two games, that's all yeah. I'm saying. They... Well, speaking of that, then in Swansea three, Everton nil. Roberta Martinez described your team's defending as spooky. <laughs> well. This season's just been a well. Going back to pre-season, Everton's defending has been absolutely appalling. Um, it's more like Martinez's Wigan than last season when it was potentially a little bit of David Moyes' Everton still in that team. But um, he doesn't. I, I don't think Martinez is learn, learning from what's going wrong at the minute. He's the game against Crystal Palace last weekend. He just basically did a a low rent version of Galacticos and just took as many forwards on as he could and said, right, we've got loads of good players. Let's just go out and you know, have six attackers, attack, 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 
and uh, it's just very naive and very stupid tactics, really. At That's the very Martinez, isn't it? Um, well, it was last season because we were very balanced, and that's exactly what we're not this season. We're completely unbalanced. Um, throw in some um, defensive errors along the way, and there's been several of those this season. And you can see why we've, we're conceding goals left, right, and centre. And he's going to have to learn very quickly. Otherwise, you know, by the end of October, we're going to be struggling to get past mid-table um, this season because we'll just be we'll be too far far behind. And you know, you can't go out and, and expect to score. You, you you know giving yourself the you know yeah you've got to give yourself the chance to score four goals just to get a yeah. draw or a win every week you know you can't do it oh, that's fair enough well the next round of the cup gives us some pretty tasty ties Fulham got through uh, Kit Simon's first first game in charge and Brian Ruiz scored I forgot he was still there I thought he must have gone to some team after they got relegated I think Fulham winning full stop was quite shocking wasn't it I think it was wasn't it I mean, it must be. I suppose he. I think he wants the job, doesn't he, Kit Simons? And I suppose being an ex-player, he'll get a lot more time than somebody else would. I think they're probably at a stage when they just don't know what to do with them either. No. I don't think bringing in another Megan Regan new contract a contracted manager is going to save them. I think they're sort of in a bit of a spiral. Does this sound familiar to you? Mm. Is this a, a tale of Portsmouth? <laughs> I now just wish it upon any other team that I oh, see. Oh, is it? This is just Schadenfreude coming through, is it? <laughs> no. I quite like Fulham. Yeah. I'm sad to see them go down and do so appallingly. And now be everyone's favourite to bet against in their accumulators and things because they're a sure bet to lose every week. I think that's quite sad. Yeah. Glad it's not us anymore. But <laughs> So it's only sad up to a point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, fair enough. Uh, Shrewsbury are at home to Chelsea. That'd be an interesting one. A good, the good one that looks good is Liverpool home to Swansea and uh, Tottenham at home to Brighton. Tottenham haven't been doing very well lately, have they? That could be. No, that could be quite tasty. Yeah, that could be quite good. Oh, Sammy Hippier, yeah? future Liverpool manager, hopefully. <laughs> uh, in other news, Luis Suarez. I'm sure you're all really, really pleased about this one. He's back playing. He played for a Barcelona B team as they beat an Indonesian under-19 team 6-0. Uh, it sounds like some kind of hipster's paradise. <laughs> Thomas Vermaelen also scored. So They think he's back for the Classico, don't they? Yeah, yeah that's... Cool as Barcelona dropped points this week and Real Madrid seemed to be steamrolling steam over everybody, they probably will need him, don't they? I think Ronaldo scored two hat-tricks this week, hasn't he? Just your average week in the life of Ronaldo, that though. Yeah, it's a tough life, isn't it? But he's wanted back at United, isn't he? Yeah. It's not anything to try and fill the void that seems to be creating there. Yeah, I mean, you think losing 5-3 away at Leicester, having had a 3-1 lead, you think another thing we need is an attacker. That's probably the one thing we need. Definitely. Yeah, another... Well, it's not, it's not about what he does on the pitch with somebody like him, though. No. They can spend £100 million on him and they'll make it back. Uh, yeah, they will. It's the revenue. They'll double it. They'll double it. That's it. It's revenue. That's all. That's all signing him would be. And I think it's there's a good chance that he will go there because I think he's kind of coming to an end uh, at Real Madrid. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happens in the summer. Do you think? Could they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, could they so. afford him and his wages? Um, yeah, I think they could. Yeah. They've got they. Yeah, they they just signed another two or three high end commercial deals, and that would that would cover it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fair so they're their official 
I don't know. They've got official wheel, uh, car partners, haven't they? They've got official crisp partners. There can't be a lot left. Well, they're, they're signed to all sorts of things you probably don't even know. You know, for example, you know, they've got a Turk, they had Turkish Airlines, didn't they? They were partnered with them for a long time, and then Aeroflot, and then, I don't know, one of the Japanese or Chinese airlines, and then the Chevrolet, and, you know, they've got a different com- different commercial partners that only operate in separate parts of the world that that we don't necessarily mm. see over here. And it gets it does get down to stupid stuff like, you know, Manchester United's official Ecuadorian chocolate partner. Which is who? Uh, <laughs> Los Cadbrios. <laughs> El Choco. Yeah. Uh, Asa Joanne, has anybody seen this? He's had to come out and make a public statement today denying that he murdered his friend, the Ghanaian rapper Castro, uh, as a part of a human sacrifice. Castro and his girlfriend went water skiing on holiday with the Jayan family in Ghana and haven't been seen against. When I read this, I kind of imagined, do you remember Only Fools and Horses, where Delboy got put on the water ski with, um, when it wouldn't turn left or right? This is Tumbleweed. Does anyone remember this one? Uh, was that in the Miami yeah. Twice Christmas That's special? Right. So yeah. this poor old rapper has probably sort of gone off the African coast and will end up in the Falklands or something. Either that or, you know, Asamoah Jan has, you know, sacrificed him to the god of football. Yeah, well, he um, he needs the money, doesn't he, having made that move over to um, the Middle East. Well, it's, it's funny what habits you can pick up when you live in Sunderland for a year. Human sacrifice. R- <laughs> ritual sacrifice, isn't that? Well, yeah, that's, um, that's the north for you. I think it's Sund- Sunderland especially. Sunderland specific, is it? Yeah. Okay. That's um, all our Sunderland listeners. We're just upset. You live, you, you live up there, don't you? I'm giving, I'm giving, yeah, I do. I'm giving Emma a week <laughs> off from from picking on somebody. <laughs> right. So if you see Mark walk in the streets then the, of Sunderland, then you take take well in. Right. Premier League game is coming back this weekend. Um, we will go through our predictions. Uh, each week we make a we read out the forthcoming fixtures uh, we make a prediction and for each correct one we get right we get a point and whoever gets the most at the end of the season wins now last week uh, Mark got one right Emma got three and I got none I didn't get any out of ten games I didn't get one right at all which I should probably get some points for or some kind of feat we'll save some wooden spoons at the end of the season <laughs> yeah I think I got last year's didn't I, I can keep that one uh, so at the moment, me and Mark have got eight correct predictions so far this season. Emma has got ten. Oh. Oh yeah, you're two points. Oh. <laughs> is this it? You're going to announce your retirement now from this? Um... Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Quit one on the head. Yeah, it's not going to get any better. Uh, early game this weekend is Liverpool versus Everton. Now, a little stat for you here, Mark. Uh, Everton haven't won a derby in four years, and they've not won at Anfield since 1999, when Emma was two. Again, she's getting younger every week, <laughs> isn't she? Two. <laughs> however old you were. Yeah. No. Yeah, I remember. But another stat was that game. That game when Kevin Campbell scored the winner early in the first mm. half, um, fell on September the twenty seventh. Incidentally, the same date as Liverpool versus Everton against at Anfield this Saturday. Well, it's written in the stars, isn't it? No, no. Liverpool are going to win. Easy. Was this the one where Stephen Gerrard got sent off and then bumped into Kevin Campbell in the toilets a bit later on? Uh, he got sent off for a. 
chest high tackle on somebody. I forget who it was now. And I think it was the same game when Sander Westerveld and Franny Jeffers had handbags towards the end and both got sent I off. I remember this, yes. Sarah talked about his yeah. autobiography. He, he, um, he got sent off, I think it was for Kevin Campbell, and then on a night out a bit later on, about four or five hours later, went to the toilet in a nightclub and bumped into Kevin Campbell in there and had to apologise to him. <laughs> uh, what do we think for this one then? So these are hardly two teams in great form, is are they? But I mean, Everton at least are scoring. Yeah, but they're also conceding, so I, I think that's gonna that's gonna let us down. And I don't think Martinez will learn. To be honest, I think he's I think he'll just carry on playing the way he does, and it'll either come up uh, will come up trumps eventually. Um, but we're defending so badly at the minute that I can't see us any anything other than a a comfortable Liverpool win. Really? No storage. I, I suspect storage will play, but even even if you you've got Balotelli, you've got Lambert. Um, you know, you've got Sterling. You've got you've got a lot of good goal-scoring players with a lot of movements, and Everton can't cope with that at the minute. Yeah. Well, Rogers has come out and said that Liverpool have been sort of figured out. They um, they made a lot of signings over the summer, which obviously take time to bed in. The way they played last year isn't working because they've got no Suarez to press them up front. Balotelli isn't going to do anything like that at all. So they've been found out, and also now they've got the FFP investigation as well, haven't they? Yeah, I just think he's been clever. With you know, just taking the pressure off the players a little bit because yeah, they're not playing great at the minute. Um, but you know, you can't keep up a level of performance that they did from January to May, um, winning game after game, scoring tons of goals and everything else. It's not possible to keep up that level of form. You had the summer break, new players, blah blah blah, and he's just taking the pressure off a bit. I think I still think they'll win. I still still think they'll win comfortably. Yeah. What yeah. say you, Emma? Yeah, I agree on that one. I think it'll be a Liverpool win. Okay, okay. Hopefully, lots of games and entertaining, though. You think? For an outsider, yeah. Yeah. What happened last season, Mark? On this fixture? Exactly what will happen this Saturday, <laughs> I think. Everton's defence and midfield went walkabout. Martinez played the wrong tactics, and Rogers just outthought him. But he's not a—he's not a stubborn man, and he's not a particularly thick man, is he, Martinez? No, he's not. But you know, he should have spotted the the weaknesses earlier than earlier than this in this season. It was obvious actually in preseason, mm. not not at this stage when we're nearly in October. Yeah, I'm going to go for a draw. Let's not forget that Liverpool was Joe and Collins' prediction for winning the league this season. Mm. I don't think that's going to happen somehow. Uh, Chelsea, who I think. Well, my prediction, but that's not really anything particularly insightful, are playing Villa at three o'clock. Um, I think Villa recovered from their rather awful sickness. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? We will. <laughs> <laughs> I have no medical insight into the into the state of Aston Villa at the moment, I'm Do not, Can you not tell things by looking at their eyes? Um, you can, but I can't tell you if they've got the... Uh, if they've got the shits or not. No. That doesn't come through. Then it sort of get more drained eyes or red eyes or something. It's not those. It's the other end you've got to be looking at if something like that's the problem. I think the Japanese flag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anybody going to go for a, a Villa win or draw? No, can't see it. No, you've ever Chelsea winning. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Me too, I think. 
I stuck Diego Costa in my dream team last week, and I think I did it one game too early, so I'm going to go for Chelsea as well. Crystal Palace versus Leicester. This could be quite an interesting one. Um, Palace obviously won at the weekend against you lot. Leicester had their victory against United. Do you think this? You think either team would struggle to get up for this one, or do you think the momentum will carry them through? And Palace had the extra time um, against Newcastle. I'm not not sure how many of their starters on Saturday would have played in that game. And yeah, they had a good defensive performance against Everton um, last week. The actual game itself, they were they weren't that great. Um, but Leicester have actually been pretty impressive in the three or four games that I've seen them this season. Mm. Um, been really good, you know, very hard working, which you'd expect of a team coming up, but actually play some decent football and very they're very well laid out as well, you know, very good tactically. So I think Leicester might pinch this well, one. I stuck Stephen Naismith in my dream team on your advice, and I wish I picked a lower instead. Well, it was a, it was a shock to me that Naismith got left out last week as well. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What do you think? I'm going to go for a draw. Yeah, based on what? I don't know really I just don't think I can't really see either team running away with it and I think they've probably got what it takes to cancel each other out women's intuition Mm. okay I'm going to go for Leicester Hull versus Manchester City the Phil Brown derby (laughs) Uh, anybody this is actually at the KC stadium so anyone can see a sneaky draw or Hull win Mm, can't see it. No? No. 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 We're gonna go. I think City. We're going to go Man City, are we? Yeah. Well, I'm going to do it as well. I don't know. It, it, it's the sort of game you can see City slipping up at, though, isn't it? You can, um, but I don't think Hull are playing anywhere like... OK, they weren't great last season, but I don't think they're playing anywhere near as well as they played last season yet. Mm. Not that I've seen anyway. I don't I think they'll be up for it. It's a big team coming to Hull. You know, not a always a slightly tricky place to go to. Um and that's not even taking into account the football. <laughs> <laughs> um Hello to Hull fans. But, <laughs> but I still think I'll go for Man City. Okay. That's Sunderland and Hull you've upset this week. It's okay. Yeah. They can sue me. Lots of your best friends are from Hull. Mm? Many many of your best friends are from Hull. Yeah. Emma, what do you reckon? Are you going for Manchester City, haven't you? Yeah. He's not convinced you anyway. Uh, no. <laughs> Man United at home to West Ham. And Allardyce, Sam Allardyce is fearing some kind of Manchester United backlash here. Is he right to? <laughs> Possibly. Possibly. But he still he, he still fancies his chances of getting some goals, wouldn't he? Oh, I think so. Yeah. If he could, he, you know, they got three past Liverpool last week yeah. at ho- at home by pressurising them when Liverpool aren't playing well at the back. Manchester United are certainly not playing well at the back. We know that. Um, so it, it might be a it might be a high scoring game, but because United are at home and after what happened last week, you'd probably expect United to come through this yeah I think a big thing of it is how well do you see West Ham defending because like you say I think if they've got the players to get forward I don't think they've got Nolan at the moment have they but they've got they've got other players that can um, push forward and press and 
uh, and attack well, but you kind of think, well, how well can West Ham defend against Falcao, Di Maria, um, Rudy Van Persie, and everybody else? But that's the that's Manchester United's problem. Everything you've just said there is actually their problem, because a bit like as I was saying, how Everton lined up against Palace last week, the side is totally imbalanced. Mm. You know, you don't that you, you've actually got to play football properly, not just stick as many top attacking players in the team as possible. Well, if if someone like me sat here in my front room in Cornwall can notice this, why can't trained people whose job it is realise this? That's probably a lot of reasons why. I think United just bought a lot of players who were available this summer um, to to gamble to get themselves back in the Champions League. It also makes them a lot of revenue because they look attractive to be on television and around the world. If there's a lot of goals going in, they've got a lot of stars there and so on. And Mitten Van Gaal's probably got some kind of pressure on him to include those players. He might not have decided. He he might not be the one who's decided to buy all those players. You know, solely, he said to the board, you know, go and get Angle Di Maria and Falcao. I, I can't imagine that's the case. And then he's kind of lumbered with them. And then he has to try and fit them into a system that works for them. And maybe there's some sort of stubbornness within him to say, I'm going to make this work regardless of what the results are. You can't are. imagine him being cowed, can you? By people like Ed Woodward and. Um, uh, and the Glazers, can you? You can't. You can't imagine a boardroom meeting where they've all said to him, "We're going to get you these players," and he's sat there and gone, "Oh, okay then." It doesn't seem very Van Gaal like, does it? It doesn't. But we don't. We don't know. We don't know the situation. Mm. I suppose so. So you're going to go for a United win anyway. Yeah. Okay, Emma. I'm going to go for. Oh, I don't know. I know if I go against Man United, it'll be the first <laughs> first one that they win. Um, Play it safe, go for a draw then. I don't know, I don't think West Ham are... Of all the teams to go it's, up this season to United and get a result, are West Ham one of them, do you think? I don't... Well, judging on... Oh, I don't well, know. I'm going to still go for Man United. I don't suppose you would have thought Swansea were one of them, would you? I'm going to be really cross if they lose again. <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm going to go for United as well. <laughs> I don't, still, we're all reluctant. I mean, we had this last season, didn't we? We were all reluctant to bet against them. We're going to come a cropper again this season on a regular occasion back in Manchester United to win. We are, I think. We are. Yeah. Last week, I think we all probably did. Uh, yeah, we did. I checked. Yeah. Uh, and the pair of you have predicted uh, Liverpool to win as well, I think. So you're going to come a cropper on that one. Yeah, I'll be I'll be crying all weekend if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> Southampton QPR I can't really see anything QPR have been abysmal this season I have to watch them and my hands over my eyes like something out of Doctor Who or something D- did you expect anything else though to be honest I did but then I'm, I'm a, as you, if you speak to my wife she'll tell you I'm a hopeless romantic <laughs> I do speak to your wife and she never tells me that <laughs> um, yeah I kind of did to be honest because you, you, they say, oh, we've learnt the lessons from two years ago. This squad is closer together. We're not going to blow as much money. And to be fair, they bought people like Sandro and they bought uh, Stephen Colker as well, who aren't people you'd really think... Um, uh, they're kind of sort of more intelligent signings, aren't they? Maybe not themselves personally, seeing as Stephen Colker's been done for stealing a tub of Philadelphia, but you would kind of think footballingly they would be um, a little bit more intelligent signings. 
Mm. But they still play Clint Hill on a regular basis. Oh, no, I'm not having words said against Clint Hill. You know, he's... Well, did he, where was he at Tramier? Yeah. I mean, that's his level. No, my wife's not going to want to see you if you keep slagging off Clint Hill. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever word said against him. No, I know what you mean. He's not exactly going to put the fear of God up to uh, Jay Rodriguez or whoever is he come Saturday afternoon. No, I mean, Southampton have just come flying out the traps, haven't they? I think even from the first game when they lost against Liverpool, they didn't disgrace themselves at all and... Everybody thought they were going to struggle this year, but so far, at least, they've you know been one of the teams of the season. Well, they're, to they're watch. second, and the thing about them being second as well is their goal difference. Their goal difference is plus six. It's not like they're sort of only just outscoring other teams. They're they're pretty solid as well, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks that way. So you're going to go Southampton? Yeah. All right. Emma, a bit of South Coast yeah. solidarity. Yeah, unfortunately, I have to agree. Yeah. Well, this is all South Coast stuff, isn't it? Because um, Harry lives on Sandbanks, doesn't he? He does. So it's kind of a local derby, really. Mm. He should just stay on Sandbanks. Oh, really? Sort of cut it off adrift and set it adrift or something? Yeah, give it a good kick. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go to Southampton as well. I can't see QPR travelling very well this season. At all. Unfortunately. Uh, Sunderland versus Swansea. Again, we talked last week, didn't we, about how the fact that Sunderland are just so awful to predict. They're currently on four points. They're fourth bottom. Swansea are fifth on nine points. But you can kind of see Sunderland winning this, can't you? I don't know. I I think if they got a draw, they'd be happy. Because, again, Swansea, like Southampton, sold a few, made a few decent signings in the summer, have come out and started playing really well this season so far. Mm. Um, which makes me want to say Swansea. Um, so there's a book coming. Yeah, but I'm I'm just conscious that I haven't predicted a draw yet. So <laughs> I'm wondering if this is the game. No, I'll, I'll, I'll go on. I'll stick with just Swansea. because there hasn't been predicted a draw yet. Doesn't mean that one's going to happen. They'll probably all be draws. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to go for a draw. No, oh, Swansea, Swansea. Sorry, you're going to go Swansea. All right. What do you reckon, Emma? Um, I think Swansea will still be on a high from the win in the week. Against Everton, wasn't it? Mm. All right, you two, pack it in. That's <laughs> <laughs> in case Adam's but... listening as well. <laughs> but, um, I don't know, I quite fancy Sunderland. What is it you fancy about Sunderland? It's the ritual sacrificing. <laughs> Lee Catamol's legs. No, no. I just think I, I, you've got. You know, you have to win some games at home, don't you? And I don't see why for Sunderland, Swansea couldn't be one of them. Yeah, you're gonna have a Sunderland, do? Yeah. Okie dokie. I'm gonna do the same. For some reason, I think Sunderland are gonna come good. I don't know why, but I always think that they're one of those teams just to be wary of a little bit. Uh, Arsenal versus Tottenham. The North London derby is the late kickoff. Now, Arsenal's fixtures, the next three fixtures, are Spurs, Galatasaray, and then Chelsea at Stamford Bridge. That's a pretty tough week, isn't it? It's not mm. going to be your favourite week of the year, is no, it? No, not really. Um, do you think he's going to be resting players with Galatasaray in mind, or is he going to think, oh, as Champions League fixtures go, that's a bit of a doddle, I'll, um, I'll play the full-strength squad. 
I think he'd go full strength. Yeah, because I think Galatasaray's at home, isn't it? Because they were away first first game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you don't rest your players. You shouldn't rest your players in a in a local derby in a big Premier League game when you you know you're you're trying to push on early in the season, gain a bit of ground just for the sake of resting a couple of legs for a Champions League game. They should be able to play two games within three or four days of each other like this. Yeah, you would have thought so. I mean, these are, these are the sort of weeks that, as a professional, you don't want to be rested for, aren't they? These are the sort of games you want to play, don't you? Local derby, Champions Absolutely. League, and then another local derby afterwards. You don't... Yeah, yeah you should, they shouldn't be, shouldn't be putting their feet up. No. At this stage of the season, they should be going all out. So... I think Arsenal is just better than Spurs. Simple as that. So that's all I'll go for Arsenal. Yeah, they're not doing very well at all, are they, Spurs, at the moment? They're ninth, aren't they? Seven points. West Ham, Leicester, Swansea, Villa and Southampton are all above them. Yeah. I mean, they're still going to finish 5th, 6th, 7th, Spurs, but Arsenal are going to be a top-four side again. So, and, and a little bit like Liverpool and Everton, Arsenal seem to always come out on top especially when it's when they're at home yeah so top four you reckon it's going to be Chelsea Man City Arsenal and who else then um, I would suspect it will be United mm. that sounds fairly feasible doesn't it but I think the fourth place is going to be the a scrap between two or three teams again. Oh, yeah. I don't think it's going to be clear at all, is it? No. Okay, what do you reckon? Arsenal, Tottenham? Uh, I'm going to go for Arsenal. Just because I'm seeing the red half of my family that morning and I really don't want to upset them any more than I have to. No, do they listen, do they? I hope so. Well, you would hope so. Yeah, you would hope so, wouldn't you? <laughs> Uh, and I'm going to go for Arsenal as well the fact that it's at home I think right Sunday I think this is the weekend that BT Sport must have had the first pick of the fixtures because Sunday is West Brom Burnley and uh, Monday is Stoke Newcastle so West Brom Burnley is at 4 o'clock on Sunday anybody remotely uh, I'm trying interested in this one I think I think Burnley have been a bit unlucky so far haven't they they've played some pretty decent teams West Brom have just been abysmal. Mm. Yeah, they got that win the other day. It was um, who did they beat? It was Spurs, wasn't it? They beat the other day. Yep. But I wouldn't have thought by any stretch of imagination West Brom are a decent team. I think they could be shooing to go down. Um, they've not impressed so far, and you know the the pressure's going to be on Alan Irving pretty quick if it's not already. Mm. Um, thankfully I'll be out of the country on Sunday, so I won't have to. Watch this. <laughs> Where are you going? I'm going to Jordan. Are you? Two weeks in Jordan. There's a joke there. <laughs> <Not> <laughs> no, three, three, three days. Three days in Jordan. Is that long enough? Yeah. Um, <laughs> depend, depends whether you mean the country or the... Uh, oh, no, we'll, we'll not go there. Um, right, okay, I'm going to go for a draw in this okay. one. Emma, what do you reckon? You fancy three days I'm in Jordan go or are you going to predict something? <laughs> I'm going to go for a Burnley win. Anyway, I'm going to do the same, actually. I've got a sneaky feeling this could be the week they get their first um, away win. And then Sunday, Stoke versus Newcastle. Can Alan Pardy do it on a wet Monday in Stoke? No, I wouldn't have thought so. No? No, I'll go for Stoke. 
They were, they've had, I mean, they won in the week, didn't they? And then they drew at the weekend. They were pretty resolute at the weekend, weren't they? Haven't gone two goals down. I was so proud because we do um, Sky Super 6 with my boyfriend's family. And they're all quite competitive. And I don't really take it that seriously. And I was driving and he did it for me, but I was telling him what to do. And he was like, oh, new car. I was like, yeah, 2-2. And he was like, oh, don't be so ridiculous. Come on, take it seriously. I was like, I'm taking it seriously. 2-2. And he was like, oh, for goodness sake, fine. Put it down. And when it came up, I just absolutely destroyed him. I was like, I told you. He's like, no, you can't have predicted. That was luck. Luck. No, it was predictions. It's all these weeks of doing Premier League predictions <laughs> on man's posts. Well, I think the listeners can take from this is the, the sad fact you have a boyfriend. And <laughs> not only that, you... You take Super 6 very seriously. Yeah. And you very definitely wear the trousers, by the sound of it. <laughs> so you're going to go for a state win? Yes. Okay. Mark, did you do this with your boyfriend last week? Um, I didn't see him last week, so I just had to make do with the wife. My wife. <laughs> <laughs> what did yeah. she tell you to put it then? Uh, I'll t- I won't tell you what she told me, <laughs> but as far as Stoke Newcastle goes, I think I'll just bump up my quota of draws <laughs> and say that it's going to be a draw. Do you think? Just in case. Yeah. I don't. I don't have a particular thought that either of these teams. I don't. I don't. In this game, you know. Yeah, Newcastle have had a. A good fight back last week. Uh, again, they, I think they came from behind against Palace, did they, to win? Mm. Um, and, and Stoke are a bit, as you said, a little bit Sunderlandish. I think they're better than the better than they they were a couple of years ago mm. to watch, but they they often fail to convert when they're when they're on top. I think so. Well, Stoke are nicely nestled in a middle four of Liverpool, Man United, and um, Everton. In the league, so they It's not a bad place to be in the league, is it? Well, no. Well, <laughs> it is when you consider that goes from eleventh down to fourteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe at the end of the season, if he's nestled between those four, it's not a bad place to be. But not right now. Uh, I'm going to go with you, Emma. I'm going to go with the Stoke win as well. I think they're pretty good at home. Right, and that brings us to the end of our predictions. We'll see if any of us have done any better than the abomination that was last week. Uh, come <laughs> next week when we uh, when we go through this. Anybody got anything else they wish to add or discuss or mention? No. No. Nothing at all. Okay. Well, thank you ever so much for listening, guys. If you like what you listen to, then there's a couple of things you can do. The first thing you can do is go to uh, the iTunes and download us, and you can leave a review. Each five-star review will get a fridge magnet from Colin on the Sunday show, which is very kind of him. Um, if you really, really like what you listen to, then we very much appreciate it. And you can always vote for us on the forthcoming football blogging awards. Um, if you like what you hear and you think that we're worthy of uh, such an appraisal, then please feel free to go and do that and vote as many times as you possibly can. And each vote is very, very much appreciated. So if you like uh, what we talk about this season, last season, Emma's hatred of Norwich, Emma's going to the toilet in different countries, uh, Mark's eye anecdotes that he can come up with his James Bond travelling lifestyle we appreciate all those uh, votes that you could give to us so this week thank you very much for listening um, Emma if they wish to follow you on Twitter how do they follow you at mwebs at mwebs Mark if they want to follow you um, they can join your wife by following me at the football my bank. wife would not even know it she doesn't even have her own Facebook page let alone Twitter you probably get she's just got a 
It's just under a different name, Chris. Oh, <laughs> she hates <laughs> technology. You've probably got to get through to her using smoke signals. <laughs> um, and if you do really like us as well, we've got the manandthepost.com website to look at. There's a few articles going up there. Uh, quite a lot of them are leads based, but they're all very much worth a worth a read. Some good ones have gone on the last couple of weeks or so. So, all that remains to be said is thank you ever so much for listening, um, and always remember to keep your man in the post. Just a thing, Chris. Um, you, you know Johnny Phillips from Sky. No. He's uh, he does the Soccer Saturday. He's one of the reporter guys. Anyway, you can find you can find him. Just search him on Google or whatever, or Twitter and all the rest of it. But he gave you. Uh, he, he said your article was really good in the last issue of the magazine. Oh, did he? Oh, that's yeah. very kind of him. Johnny, I'm mean, gonna give him a Google. Is um, that's the Arcanor, wasn't it? Is, the, yeah, that's right. Let me have a quick look on here. Sky Johnny. He's um, at Sky Johnny P on Twitter. Johnny's got a H in it. Oh, right. Oh, that's very funny. Uh, yeah, his, his second last tweet that he did, it says, Great reads on Red Star Belgrade's notorious and feared fan, Arkan, and Florence's filthiest football match in latest at the football. That was really good, those pictures. Yeah, yeah. There's a guy, there's a Polish guy actually, who got in contact with me a while back and offered to me to offered his photographs to me, and I had to look through, and it just so happened that because it was a, this um, what do you call it, uh, Calcio Storico, um, you know, it's fighting and football, and it tied in nicely with the the, the conflict, the war theme. Yeah, I couldn't see a football um, in any of the pictures. That was the other interesting thing. There is one picture, I think. With it in, let me have a. I've got the magazine here. Yeah, let me have a quick look. I'm sure there's one picture where there's a guy walking towards the ground and he's got the. Yeah, he's got a ball under his arm, but that's it. Yeah. But I think the ball is very incidental in the whole charade. Yeah, it looks like lots of muscle and lots of tattoos. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I really like yeah. those pictures. They're really good. <laughs>